Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronas, I don't know if you know this. I think you do. Our boss, Ian Ritchie, and his friend Mark Deming are diehard Seahawks fans. So would you be happy today to know that your quarterback was signed for like four years and 140 million bucks in Russell Wilson? Uh, I mean, I think so. I mean, the money obviously is a lot, and obviously we have seen that really can affect the rest of the roster. But I think Russell Wilson is a a game-changing quarterback. My biggest problem is the Seahawks don't use him to the best of his ability. If you're going to pay a quarterback that much money, He needs to be the primary focus of your offense, and the Seahawks don't do that enough with Russell Wilson. They have insisted on running the ball a ton, and if you're going to pay your quarterback and make him the highest-paid player in the NFL, the offense has to go through him. It it does, and I mean, they were committed to running the football last year. I can't see that. I know they lost Mike Davis, but I've got to think they're going to get another running back in this year's draft. I mean, look, I love Russell Wilson, but haven't we determined that the way to win a Super Bowl is to have a cheap quarterback and get him on a rookie on a rookie contract? You pay this guy $140 million, how can you afford to pay the rest of your team? Yeah, it's been something that we've seen throughout the NFL. I mean, Brady has been the exception, but that's because of the organization and their ability to go out and just keep finding solid players, and it's a system that they have in place. But uh, a lot of other teams have had problems, and you look at the teams that are ascending over the last several years, and it's a lot of times it's a very good rookie quarterback on that rookie deal before they get paid. I mean, look, I do put Wilson in that Brady category of a guy who can win the game by himself. I do. I think he's that good. And the the city loves him. He loves the city. and, And it works. But And I also say this. I think that the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff could do similarly to the Patriots where they could coach up younger players. I still think this puts you on the outside looking into the Super Bowl, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's teams in the NFC that are in better spots. In fact, I think you could say the Seahawks overachieved last year. I know a lot of people liked the under on their wins last year, and they obviously played well, but it was clear that they didn't have enough to take it to that next level in the NFC, and uh, you know they're really going to have to figure out what to do with the rest of the roster. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see this. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I was seriously hoping that he'd go to the Giants, but, I mean, maybe that was just wishful thinking, Adam. I think a lot of Giants fans were hoping that, but, you know, I really didn't see it happening. I'm a little surprised, though, that they did, you know, bend the knee, basically, and, and, and do this deal. Well, what's your choice? I mean, he basically gave you a deadline, said, if you don't pay me by today, I'm not discussing this again, and then I may go on the franchise tag, and then I'm going to believe you. So, I mean, did they really have a choice? Yeah, they could have done that, just said, all right, fine, and you know, see what happens. They didn't have to do it, but obviously they want to keep them, so they uh, decided to do it. 
I, I think when the face of your franchise is Russell Wilson, who is a good guy, you know, he, he as much as you hate him, he's the Derek wait, wait, Jeter. Wait, 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 wait. When no, I, I meant I meant I meant Jeter. As much as I meant as much as you hate Jeter, was what I'd say. He's a lot like Derek Jeter, right? In that way. He's the face of the franchise. He's a good guy. He doesn't get in trouble. He does everything right. He's a leader. So even though you didn't like Jeter, I think that the Seattle didn't have a choice here. Yeah, well, apparently, because they got it done. Yeah, they did get it done. All right, I don't know if you saw, the NFL will announce the schedule on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Uh, does that make it, do you, do you look at the schedule now? Will you even think about that? I know it's baseball time for you, but at what point do you even look at a football schedule? I mean, look, when it comes out, yeah, you're intrigued. You want to see the big games. You want to see who your team is playing, but... This is really for the people that are only into football, and that's all they do. Like, the fact that this is going to be like a two-hour show, I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, for real, it's mind-boggling the way NF, the NFL just gets the public. Like, could you, Doc, can you really sit there for two hours and watch the unveiling of the schedule? <laughs> no. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I understand there are diehard football fans out there. We are, too. Just because we like other sports, and I hate the people like, oh, well, your other guys are doing baseball and basketball. We're covering NFL. I- I'm competing with you guys. and beating you a lot of times. So just because we do multiple sports doesn't mean we don't know the NFL. But to sit there and watch two hours of the NFL when I got baseball and the NBA playoffs on, I'm not going to sit there and watch it. I honestly, I don't really care. You're going to think I'm kidding. I don't really look. Maybe when I see it like in an article on ESPN and it says, oh, Cowboys play Bears on Thanksgiving. I may watch that, Adam, but I really don't even pay attention to the schedule until sometime, maybe around July something, when I start to ramp up for football, it dawns on me. Until that point, I could care less when the Giants play the Redskins. Yeah, because you know you're facing them twice. We already know who the teams are facing. It's just a matter of, okay, uh, how many primetime games does my team have? What's the opening Sunday night game, the Thursday night game, Monday night? Uh, What's Thanksgiving? Stuff like that. But, again, this is for the people who are just only do NFL. And they obviously the draft's going to come next week, and there's been a lot of draft talk, but – it's just they need something to get excited about. And then people will write these articles on the schedule as if it's significant right now. It's just it's not a huge deal, but it's just, you know, the NFL kind of controls everything. And the fact that it's a two-hour show is just I was, I was like, are you kidding me? On a Wednesday night at 8 p.m.? And I know there's people who don't like baseball, don't watch it at all. I know there's people who don't like the NBA. Even the NHL playoffs. I would rather – and look, I am – I am a huge Rangers fan. They suck this year, so this is actually the least amount of Rangers games I watched because I knew they weren't good at rebuilding. And hockey is very exciting in the playoffs. Oh, my God, yeah. I would rather watch an NHL playoff game than the two-hour unveiling of the NFL schedule. Now, I don't know much about next year's hockey draft, but the Devils have picked one of the Rangers have picked two. Are there two studs in the draft? I'm not sure. Yeah, I know that they have the, the number two pick for the Rangers. Right, so. but you know how some years it's like you know some uh, Gretzky type of right. player? Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, hopefully there'll be two guys. But no, hockey in the playoffs, I was saying this to my son when we were driving to school. You never know what's going to happen in hockey. The best, the eight seed could beat the one seed, and it happens a lot in hockey. Doesn't happen that often in basketball, but it certainly happens a lot more in hockey. And it's about to happen now. Tampa Bay tied the NHL record with 62 wins. They had 128 points. They scored three goals in the first period of game one against Columbus. They lost four to three. They lost the next two games. They are down three games to none with Game 4 in Columbus. That's just insane. 
And I I don't know much about hockey this year. It's a, probably the least I followed it. I, I do like it. It's just I'm playing so much NBA DFS that I watch those games. But the fact that Tampa Bay is on the precipice of getting eliminated after a 62-win season is mind-boggling. Well, the one thing I could always tell you about hockey. Goaltending. And, 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 yes. Do you remember J.P. Jaguar for the Ducks? Yeah. When they made that run to the, to the playoffs, to the, uh, the Stanley Cup? He wasn't a great goalie, but he was great for about six weeks. He was like Jim Craig in the Olympics. Jim Craig was not a great goalie, but in the Olympics, he was pretty darn good. You get a hot goalie, you can make a deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's crazy. I just I don't know what I would be feeling right now as a Tampa Bay fan. To see your team just dominate and grow through the entire season, win 62 games, and now you're staring at a 3-0 deficit in round one. This isn't the conference finals. This isn't the Stanley Cup. You might get swept in the first round. It's crazy. It's like a whole wasted season. Now, are you? Will you root for the Islanders now that they're in no, Brooklyn? No, no way. No, they're way. in Brooklyn now, Ronis. It's, they're not the the Long Islanders anymore. They're they're playing at the Coliseum though right now. Oh, are they? They're yeah. playing. Were they playing at Barkley? Yeah, half and half. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're back at the Coliseum. When I was a kid, I liked the Islanders because I liked Trottier and Bossy, and they were really good. And then they just started to suck, and they really got bad. But aren't they like one game from winning too? Oh, yeah, they're up 3 nothing on the Penguins. It's, uh, you know, it shows you what a good coach can, uh, can do. Who's, uh, their, who's their guy? Uh, what Bar- what's the guy? Who, Trotz, is it, who came over from the Cavs? Oh, yeah, he's good. Barry Trotz? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's good. I he's mean, good. you could see the difference they've had. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that is, uh, you know, they, they could be leaving the Coliseum, though. That's the thing. Is, I thought uh, they were going to the Barclays Center. Yeah, well, they were there last year, remember, and right. then they have been back at the Coliseum. But uh, have you I been think, in the Coliseum? That place is a dump. It is. They renovated it a little bit, so I haven't been there since. Uh, but they did say the second round, their home games will be played at Barclays Center and the rest. So they are done with the Coliseum now for the playoffs. Did I ever tell you my Coliseum story as a kid? So my grandparents lived out in Long Island, and they got me tickets to an Islander game because I loved the Islanders as a kid. And we got maybe like fifth row, something like that. My grandfather really went crazy and got us great seats. So the, it's so steep in the Coliseum, you know, when you, when you walk down, that my grandma was afraid of falling, right? Because it, it was really steep. So as my grandfather and I are looking at my grandma, hoping that she doesn't fall and take a tumble and die, right, to, to her immediate death, Butch Goring flips a puck in the stands, lands in the seat next to me, Ronis. But because I was looking at my grandma and hoping that she didn't die, somebody jumps over, grabbed the puck, and I didn't get it. Oh, damn. Well, I think your grandmother takes precedent there. She, so was, more okay important. she was more important than the puck. But I'm like, come on, I wanted the puck. How yeah, cool I, would that have been? I played football at the Coliseum uh, because someone I had worked with at Newsday had pull, and you know, we had like a little staff game there. So it was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, it was empty, but... Uh, yeah, the the NHL basically said that the Coliseum is not a qualified as an NHL major <laughs> league facility, so they had so the rest of the playoffs are at the Barclays. Uh, I know. The ten lo- they have fewer than ten luxury suites at the Coliseum. Barclays is a hundred. Right, it's such a dump. It's a dump, dude. It's a dump, and they never put and, money and, into it. Well, they just did. They renovated one hundred seventy million dollars, and it's still not good enough. The NHL <laughs> said. <laughs> Well, the one thing about the Coliseum was it was always good for like concerts, right? Because if you lived in the island, you didn't want to go to the city. You could catch Billy Joel or Bon Jovi or anybody who was playing out there. I mean, I didn't. Did you? Any other reason to go to the Coliseum besides the Islanders or, or a concert? Uh, no. Right? There's yeah, no, no, no there good wasn't reason for that. 
Yeah, that place was a dump. But uh, interesting. It's it's funny. So, what did you think, by the way, of the basketball? Where is Boogie? How long is Boogie Cousins he's out done. for? Torn quad. Just Torn came quad. Out about a half hour ago. Yeah. So he's done for the entire playoffs. Yes. How do they? How can they be up thirty-one and lose? I, I missed that. Can somebody please Dude, tell me what happened? Yeah, I turned it off. I so I saw that the. Warriors were up by like 30 at the end of the third. So I said, all right, I'm going to switch to baseball. And I was watching Reds-Dodgers. Obviously, that was an exciting ending. And I had Dodgers money line in a parlay. So I had interest there. Uh, so I was happy the Dodgers came back. Once Luis Castillo couldn't get the win for my fantasy teams, I'm like, all right, I need the Dodgers to win. Uh, so, you know, I'm, you know, I have the box scores up on the computer. And up top, you see the NBA scores. And I'm like, What? The Clippers are down three, so I switched it over with about a minute and a half left, and you know Curry hits a big three, but then Lou Williams, who's unbelievable, yeah, he this is guy, a shooter, dude. He's a hero on and off the court. I don't know if you remember several years back, he was dating two women at the same time for a while, and they were both cool with it. I was really? like, "That's what oh, kind yeah. of guy on us, yeah." Oh, definitely. <laughs> I told that to my girlfriend. I'm like, "You see this guy right here? Like, you know?" She's like, "No, not happening." <laughs> I was like, "Damn it, worth a shot." Uh, hey, but, by the way, have you ever dated multiple girls at the same time? Yes. Be honest. Yes. Didn't you find that hard? Uh, I think it's more difficult nowadays because you've got just so many ways to contact a person with uh, in social media, which is why you should never always put everything that you're doing on social media. If you notice, I don't do that. I mean, not because I'm I'm doing things, but I just don't think you should put out all your business out there. I mean, even people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm going on vacation for two weeks. Oh, OK. Uh, that's going to alert people who know you maybe to for a robbery. You know? right, I mean, right. just, no, it's true. It's, it's true. just it's just certain All- things people don't need to know. But Lou Williams is and I've basically when I was doing my NBA DFS segment every show, whenever the Clippers came out, I'm like Lou Williams always in play in a tournament because he comes off the bench and there will be nights where maybe it's a blowout and he plays 28 minutes, but he can win you a tournament. Right, cuz he, he can, can put up 40. Yes, anytime and He's just unbelievable, and you know the Clippers are an amazing story, and I don't think they win this series still, but that was just an unbelievable comeback. I love Montrez Harrell. The guy plays with so much energy. This was a team that made trades at the deadline saying, we're done. We traded. I was going to ask you, do you think that they regret trading Tobias Harris and making no, those deals? No, because they, knew they, have they... Two, Do they have two max contracts yes, available? Yes, yes. So, so, you, so you have Shai, Gilgis, Gilgis, you've got... Montrez, and then you've got, what, two contracts on top of that? Yeah, so they that's why they did it. And, you know, I understand it. It made sense because you, they were probably looking and said, okay, even if we do make a run, what are we going to be? Kawhi's definitely going there, dude. 100%. You think so? Yeah, yeah. He's from L.A., right? Uh, he's from L.A.? Is he? I think he's from L.A. Did he play at San Diego State? Uh, I'm trying to remember if he's... I know he played at San Diego State. I don't know if he's from L.A. Let me see. He is from uh, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, San Diego State University. That's where he went. So I don't know whether he's... He's from L.A. Yes, he is. He's from L.A. So 100% Kawhi is going home. and He's not going to play with LeBron. So the question is, who does does Kawhi get to play with him for the Clippers? Yeah. uh, That'll be interesting to see. but the Clippers have just been a really good story this year. And, you know, at one point they were the six seed. And they're coached um, very well. Yeah, I mean, Rivers has praised this team, said it's the you know best team he's coached. And uh, it's just an amazing run. I still think they lose this series. Uh, but it was just a, 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 a tremendous comeback for them. And Golden State basically stopped playing. And the other thing that was notable was Kevin Durant 
and Draymond Green did not speak to the media after the game. Come on, man. They are so angry at each other, dude. They hate each other now. Could you imagine if LeBron James' team lost by 31 in a playoff game, how much criticism and anger would be directed at him? And you don't see any of it. And no, Kevin but I, Dur- th- I think Durant and Green are not happy with each other anymore. They but used why? to be brothers, not anymore. But they didn't speak to the media. You've got to be accountable. Clay Thompson was up there answering the questions, and I give him credit for that. I just don't like these players that you know want all the spotlight when everything's going well. You just guys blew a 31-point lead. That, that, that's not going to fly in New York for Kevin Durant if he can, comes to New York. I'm very the, interested to see if he can handle it here. Can the Warriors win without Boogie? Yes. Right, they still have got four great guys, right? Yeah, and Boogie was a liability on defense. That's true. I'll give you that. But I don't know if Durant goes to New York, dude. I think that's an interesting concept there. Because if the me- you don't play right with the media, you're in trouble. But we'll right. talk more about it. That won't work in New York, I'm telling you right now. All right, guys, we'll talk fantasy baseball. News, notes, a lot going on. You're a Yankee fan. More injuries. We'll talk right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 961 Golden-State-they-kind-of-got-smacked-right-in-the-face-kind-of-serves-them-right-this-is-either-going-to-be-the-greatest-thing-to-ever-happen-to-them-or-this-could-be-the-sign-of-a-very-dangerous-path-here-
moved him around in different spots. Uh, you know, maybe they're worried about him handling the pitching staff, and maybe they're holding him partly responsible, even though he has been the everyday catcher. Sandy Leone is coming up. So I, I got to think there's plenty of teams that would take Swihart. I mean, I think some, some teams might let him start. Other teams certainly could use him as a backup catcher. Uh, and he wasn't doing why anything. Did, why did they make a trade then? Well, they designated for assignment now, and then they have teams have the opportunity to make a deal. They probably couldn't get anything for him, and now they'll see if they can make the deal. If not, he'll go through waivers. All right. So I saw that the Yankees lose Greg Bird. He goes on the injured list with a tear uh, in his foot. Dude, the Yankees are just a mess right now. Yeah, and, you know, that's something you don't really see from them. And uh, now uh, the Yankee fans know how I have felt as a Met fan for a long time. This used to be the Mets. I don't know if they hired the Mets doctors, but uh, <laughs> the Mets have usually been in this position where just everyone goes down. And, you know, Bird wasn't doing much anyway. And, you know, he got so much hype over the last couple of years and now finally had an opportunity to play. Wasn't doing much with it. He's been injury prone. And this is an injury with the plantar fasciitis that could keep him out a while. And, uh, yeah, the Yankees are just really banked up right now. Uh, Sanchez, Bird, Andujar, Tulowitzki, Stanton, Well, Tulowitzki's not a surprise. I know, but I'm just giving you all these people. It's insane. How far is Aaron Hicks away from playing? Uh, he said he felt good the other day, but yeah. I would think at least two weeks. I mean, he still has to go on a rehab start. But oh, by know, the way, did I forget Severino and Batances? I forgot that. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh and, you know, it's it's going to be – they just have to kind of weather the storm and, and try and survive here. And with so many bad teams in the American League, you figure that they can stay afloat. And now they play the Red Sox tonight, a team that's struggling themselves. Well, which team do you think can fix the problem, Yankees or Red Sox? Or both? I think both can. Uh, just because they still have a lot of talent, uh, some underachieving – injuries and they both have the payroll to go and add players or you think they would uh but obviously the yankees lineup is just uh not even close to what you expected with what they're gonna have to run out there right now yeah i mean look I, the rays are playing very well i mean they've got 12 wins on the season the yankees have six wins the red sox with six wins red sox six and 11 i mean six and a half games out i know that's not a big number but it seems like a big number this early in the season yeah, I think the Rays are for real. I think everyone knew the Rays were good, but it, it's always difficult to pick them to win a division when you have the Red Sox and the Yankees and the resources they have. But uh, the Rays are, are definitely a solid team. They're not a fluke. They're going to be in it all year long. And that's why the poor starts for the Yankees and Red Sox are so huge because you don't want to find yourself in a one-game playoff for the wild card because anything could happen in that game. You could run into a hot pitcher. It doesn't even have to be an elite one. So uh, that's why... The starts are very disturbing for both teams. You don't want to fall behind too much. And uh, I expect both to get better. But, man, uh, with the Yankees and their injuries, it's it's pretty pretty bad right now. I mean, the Batances injury no one really talks about. But that's a big one because one of the strengths of this bullpen was the depth. Now you remove him and, you know, they still have Britton, Avino, and Green. But... Uh, the Batances injury is pretty big. I mean, Severino obviously is the most critical because you were depending on him as an ace. Uh, but they still have solid starting pitching. It's but you know, when, they, when they signed Britain and they out of Eno, you're like, oh, why do they need this bullpen? Well, look at it. Now you need these guys. Now you're happy that you got these guys because Batances, who knows when he's coming back? No, I was smart. You never have enough bullpen depth. I don't care how good it looks on paper. You never have enough because 
bullpens just fluctuate from year to year, and when you think you have two good arms, they have a bad year. We've seen relievers are just very inconsistent from year to year. So it made sense, and the way the game is changing, where you're seeing a lot of starting pitchers only go five, six innings, you want to have that bullpen depth. So what the Yankees did I thought was brilliant. Uh, obviously, they just have had a ton of injuries, especially on the offensive side. I mean, we used to fear the Yankees lineup, and I don't think you really need to fear it at this point. You should not be afraid to run out a pitcher if he has a two-start week. One of them's at Yankee Stadium. You know, a month ago, I said, nah, you know, any average pitcher, especially with the way pitchers have performed poorly, you wouldn't do it. But I don't think you can be afraid right now when you look at the lineup that they're running out there. Yeah, I mean, look, and I think you, you said we should not underrate the Tampa Bay Rays. They are a very well-coached team. They've got a lot of depth. They play platoons better than almost any team in baseball. They've got guys out there. You know, they signed Avicel Garcia. You're like, why do they need this guy? Well, G-Man Choi, Garcia, they, they find a way to put these guys out there. Yeah, it's a really solid team. And I always say, you look at that lineup and you're like, oh, it's just not that imposing. Like, who scares you? But it's a collective, really good group. The trade for Glassdown and Meadows was obviously brilliant. I know Chris Archer's pitched well so far, but that was definitely a real smart trade. And they do it on small, uh, limited resources. They don't spend a ton of money. And it's just a shame that they just don't draw enough down there. And they don't really get the appreciation that they deserve because it really is a, a very solid team. And, uh, you know, I, I like watching them when I can. I do. I like watching them as well. All right. So we mentioned Swihart. We mentioned Bird. The Mets say we're not using Edwin Diaz for more than three outs. I don't, doesn't every team say that about their closer? No. There are teams that will, are not sh- shy and will let guys throw multiple innings. The last night boggled my mind because it's the bottom of the eighth inning. And Juris Familia, who's been Freaking terrible this year. I had to hold myself back there. You know, and I've always been a big Familia fan. I got into a huge argument with my friend last year about Familia. He was like, oh, he's a choke artist, this and that. And if you look at the playoff numbers, they're not bad. Everyone remembers the Alex Gordon home run. And yes, can't defend that. But they didn't lose this series because of him. The game one obviously changed the tone a little bit. But he came back the rest of that series and was good. He has been awful this year. I was fine to bring him back as the eighth inning guy. But I don't know what's happened. In, it's across a baseball, but he was terrible. And he walked three guys. He did not have it. So you got the bases loaded and two out. I thought that was the perfect opportunity to bring in Edwin Diaz because what you need there is someone to put out the fire, especially with a strikeout. And Diaz has a ridiculous strikeout rate. They brought in Robert Gazelman. And then he proceeds to walk in a run. They get out of it. And then, of course, Diaz comes in in the bottom of the 11th. And just mowed the Phillies down. Three consecutive strikeouts. They had no shot. I don't understand this. Now, apparently, it's an organizational decision that with Diaz. And I don't know if this was a request by Diaz when he got traded. He did have an elbow spur uh, a couple years ago. So, But it doesn't make any sense at all to say that you're going to have this steadfast rule until the playoffs. you got to win games. This is the National League East. This is a very competitive division. You lose one game, you make a bad decision one, two games, and it's going to happen to every team. It could cost you a playoff berth. There's a very thin line here in this division. There's four really good teams. You cannot make these mistakes. If they had lost that game last night, it would have been brutal. So there has to be more to this than they're letting on because it doesn't make any sense. And I don't want to put Diaz in every time. But last night, division rival, where you clearly bring in Diaz, let him get one out, and let him finish the ninth, 
They were fortunate to win this game, and it didn't blow up in their face. I don't understand what – there has to be more behind this for them to be so stern about this rule. And did you see what did, what did Brody Van Ragenen said? Something like, well, we could always deviate from any rule, but I don't – why do you even have to mention this rule? Why does it even have to come out? Why not – if I was the opposing team, this is knowledge for me. Why do I even want to know this? I, I, I don't know. It makes no sense. Well, I don't – you're right, but I don't know because they're going to keep peppering him with questions. So he's got to say something, and I guess they should have discussed it before and said, hey, if this ever comes up, say this. Uh, but I guess they went with what they're saying. Watch. We'll see a game in two days where he comes in in the eighth inning. <laughs> He'll have to get the last out in the eighth inning and then pitch the ninth. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like there's, there's no reason to divulge your strategy to your opponent. Well, you know the strategy. We all know the strategy. Why? Because we have to tell the reporter from Newsday? I mean, come on, Adam. No offense to Newsday. Yeah, but, I mean, they're going to keep – look, the fans want to know. That was me. I, I said, I want to see what Mickey Callaway says in the postgame. Why wasn't Diaz in there? I mean, I think it was a clear-cut spot. If any, any time that you're going to use your closer in the eighth inning, that is it right there. And a lot of other teams will do it. You know, Jordan Hicks has pitched multiple innings, and he's not even an experienced closer. There are certain times, especially when you have a guy that is blowing opponents away and can get the strikeout, and this is one of the better lineups in the National League. I mean, he went through the heart of the order in the 11th like no problem. I mean, if you watched it, you said they have no shot, and I, that's where you need a guy to come into the eighth inning. So uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do going forward. Do they amend this? And I don't know why it's in place. I, I think they're still – more answers that we're seeking here. All right, Jose Ramirez finally looked like he uh, learned how to uh, play baseball yesterday. Adam, a little home run, some stolen bases. Is this uh, new things for the Indians on the horizon? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I know there were a lot of people worried about him, but you know he's a good player. And even last year when he struggled and everyone brought up his inability to hit breaking pitches, yeah, this is a guy that's produced great numbers for two straight years now. So. Uh, it was just a slow start. We're seeing it with a lot of players. I'm sure he's putting a little bit more pressure on himself because there isn't much in the lineup. But there's some bad pitching in that division. Uh, obviously, the Twins have some good arms, but you're getting to face the Tigers, the White Sox, the Royals. So he'll be able to feast. He also got off to a slow start last year. I don't have any Jose Ramirez this year, but I'm not worried. He's still hitting the ball hard. He's hitting a lot of fly balls. Lindor is going to begin a rehab assignment today. They just got Jason Kipnis back. They called up Cargo. Not sure that's going to help, but he's been hitting third since they called him up. But getting Lindor back certainly is going to help. So I think Ramirez will be fine. All right. Clayton Kershaw goes out in the mound. Yasil Puig says, bye-bye. First inning, home run. I kind of thought that was going to happen, by the way. I played Puig in DFS last night. He was super cheap. I don't know if you saw that. He was dirt cheap, I guess, because of playing Kershaw. What did you think of Kershaw's first start back? I thought he was solid. Uh, you know, we didn't see a ton of strikeouts, but we did see a lot of swings and misses. Now, part of it was the Reds. They're near the bottom in Woba. They're a team that swings and misses a lot. They just have not been good offensively. So I think you need to take that into account. But, you know, he didn't walk anyone. Uh, he induced a lot of ground balls. Some of the contact was hard, but I think it was definitely encouraging for his first time out. The velocity was about 90 with his fastball. And, you know, it's down from where it was a couple years ago when he was 92-93, but we know he's a smart pitcher. He's very difficult to pick up with that delivery. Uh, interested to see what he does against a, a very good offensive Milwaukee team uh, for his second start this weekend. But I think if you had Kershaw, you had to pitch him this week in a two-start week. I mean, you've been waiting all this time. You had to get him in there. I don't have him anywhere, but uh, I think it was definitely a, an encouraging first start back.
I know you don't like Fulton Nevich, but if you have him, do you just cross your fingers and hope, or do you try to trade him? What do you do with him? Well, I don't think you can get much for him until he actually takes the mound. Uh, well, I didn't like his price in early drafts. He was going the fifth, sixth round, and I just didn't think that was the right price for him. Uh, then, obviously, he really fell because of, of the injury, and you know, you're just not sure. You know, some pitchers, I mean, Kershaw, I don't think a lot of people thought he'd be back by April 15th. And he is. Fulton A, which is another guy that uh, I think there he's going to make one more rehab start, then should be back later in the week potentially. So I think if you have him, you just got to hope that he's healthy and can be 75% of what he was last year. I think I would take 75% of what he was last year, Adam. I'll yeah, I think it. a lot of people would that have him. I mean, the pitching is so bad right now that, I mean, a guy like that, even if he's, even if he gives me an ERA of 3.5, I might take it. Uh, yeah, I mean, 3.5, you will uh, sign up for right now with the way pitching has gone in the early portion of the season. I mean, Aaron Nola has allowed five earned runs in three straight starts. He didn't do that last year. So, uh, but is, that, yes. is that a juice ball? I mean, between DeGrom and Nola, two guys that we expected to be outstanding. I, I, look, Nola's been far from outstanding. Yeah, it, it appears like it for sure. Uh, I also think... With Nola, yesterday the conditions were terrible in Philly. It was the same way here. It was extremely windy. And to me, just watching it, it looked like a very uncomfortable environment to pitch. I'm sure the grip on the curve wasn't there for him. Uh, but I think Nola will be fine. He's not allowed a lot of hard contact. Uh, it's just you know one of those you know, short samples here where it hasn't worked out well for him. And uh, the ball is flying out of the park. The one thing that does worry me is he's throwing a lot less first pitch strikes. And you could see it yesterday. He just was falling behind on the count consistently, and he's not getting as many swings and misses. So those are a couple of concerns with him that bears monitoring over the next few starts for him. Do you think it's been strange that guys this year who are not really strikeout pitchers are getting five, six, seven strikeouts a game? No, just because that's the way the game has gone, where it's pretty much – a home run, a walk, or a strikeout right now. So I think guys are really swinging for the fences, the whole launch angle era, and guys trying to drive the ball more. So, no, I'm not surprised because I just think it's the way that the game has gone. No, I, I think so too. All right, let's start taking a look at tonight's action in, uh, in, in the slate for tonight. So Boston is at the Yankees. Chris Sale against James Paxton. Eight and a half, which, I don't know, seems a little high, but the Yankees, very slight favorites. You think nine runs get scored in this game? Uh, I think there's a good shot. I mean, Paxton has struggled. He's talked about how he's tipping his pitches. Uh, apparently, I guess, Carlos Beltran, who's very good at detecting these things and works for the Yankees, uh, saw it. And then I saw, I didn't see the whole segment, but Al Leiter did a really good segment on MLB Network yesterday showing how just the slightest little thing can show teams you're tipping your pitches. You could have your glove a little further out when you're throwing a slider. It's a little further to your body when you're throwing a fastball. And with so much video, hitters pick up on these things. So the fact that Paxton talked about it openly suggests that they have kind of figured it out because if, if you didn't, you wouldn't talk like that. So uh, I think they'll probably be... I would take the under. I think sales starts to put it together, uh, but I'm not confident at all. Like I wouldn't touch that if I yeah, was. A, a I'm not. Fan. I'm not playing this game. I agree with that. Well, I, I don't think it's on the slate anyway because it's a six. No, it is. They start. You no, know, my slate is early tonight, Adam. It's starting on, at six thirty on Fanduel. Yeah. Okay, so there. There's two games I think that are early, so they're including it all. Okay. Yeah. Well, it looks like 
let's see. Um, yeah, I, I think there. I, I think, think they there had was. A, I think there was a 6:30 and a 6:40 game. I thought there were two games before the seven o'clock. The one I'm doing, I think the Yankees is in there. Interesting. The one, Usually the ticket, they hardly ever include those games. I know, but I think they did it because it's a special ticket tonight for the jumbo home run, 100,000 the first with 2,000 of my closest friends. Boston, the Yankees, Pittsburgh, and Detroit both in there. It's a big oh. slate. Okay, yeah. You, and there's actually uh, uh, a couple pitchers uh, for the Pirates and the Tigers that are interesting tonight. I was just going to ask you about that, but now I can't ask you about that. I've got to wait till the break because, I mean, i got to delve into Joe Musgrove against Matthew Boyd. Who ever thought about that, Adam? Matt Boyd looks real legit. Yeah, well, Musgrove was someone I wrote before this season. I think he was in my preseason pro picks. Uh, it's so long ago, I forgot, but I loved Musgrove going on the year. Boyd, I didn't really tout, but I have had him on my teams over the last few years, and I do have him. I got him in my home auction league for a buck um, and did take him in a draft Champions League or two, but I am definitely stunned at the start he's had. Me too. All right, when we come back, we'll delve into the night slate in Major League Baseball. I got to be Adam's rich friend tomorrow. Can I do it? Can he help me? We'll find, when we ret- find out when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion. 2017, world number one. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. His home run to fly ball ratio is way up. His home runs per nine are way up. Everyone's talking about the juiced ball. And I will say this, at least regarding Noah Syndergaard, his FIP is 3.10. His XFIP is 3.03. So at least we can hang our hats on that regarding Syndergaard. Whereas with Nola, the ERA, the FIP, the XFIP, they're all very high. Uh, I think if you're just looking at these guys compared to each other right now, I would probably trust Syndergaard. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, guys, the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft is Thursday, April 25th. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% right now at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 
10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. All right, Adam. So Pittsburgh, Detroit, will you play Musgrove or Boyd? I think I'm going to go with Musgrove. All right, he's playable. Agreed. All right, Mets, Phillies, Mats against Pavetta. Pavetta was disastrous last time, but I tend to like to go back to guys who were crappy last time because I always assume people won't play him. Agree or disagree? I think people won't play Pavetta, but it's tough for me to, to put him out there. I actually benched him in a 15-team league with the two-start week. Now, first start at home against the Mets, second start in Coors Field. Uh, it's an innings cap because it's the Yahoo. So uh, I have actually don't have many relievers, so that was part of it too. But I need to see him be better. And it's crazy because I did like Pavetta. Back in January, I'm like, oh, Pavetta's going to be a nice value. Then I started seeing drafts, and I was like, what? He's going in the 10th, 11th round? Like how? Like that would never happen years ago. A guy with a 477 ERA, but obviously we have so much data now and we see the underlying numbers. But I don't know. There's something with Pavetta where, and Gabe Kapler doesn't criticize players. He was, he was critical of Pavetta saying he's got to be able to finish batters off. So, you know, the ballpark obviously hurts with the home runs. The strikeouts are still there. And yes, some of the numbers are unlucky and he's going to be better. But I understand your your philosophy is correct. I just think there's a lot of good pitchers on this slate that I don't need to go to Pavetta. And the Mets have been hitting. Uh, it's, a, it's a great ballpark uh, boost for them. Conforto in that park, he's been hitting. McNeil's been hitting. Alonso. Pavetta scares me tonight. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good start. But just looking at this slate and the pitchers on the mound, man. You don't I need it, right? You don't, I, I don't right. think you need them tonight. Well, the problem is, you know, and this thing, it's 2,278 of my closest friends. I don't want to pay somebody that is going to be 52% owned. I mean, I want, to go for the, I want to go for the money, but I also don't want to be stupid. So let me give you this next guy. San Francisco against Washington. Derek Rodriguez against Steven Strasburg. I know you're not a Strasburg fan, but man, that one seems like a smart play. No, here, here's the difference. It wasn't I wasn't a Strasburg fan. I didn't like his ADP. Because people continue to pay fourth, fifth round value for a guy that has not pitched 115 innings in three of the last four years. So that's what I didn't like. I actually think he's a good play tonight. I'm not sure what his ownership will be. Probably it'll be decent just because people will look at San Francisco. Now, if they look at the game log, they might say, oh, no. But the Giants offense is just brutal. They are not good against uh, right-handed pitching. They have the second lowest Woba against right-handed pitching. So he actually... I think he might be lower owned than Tyler Glass now tonight. I know, and I, w- I woke up this morning, Adam, promise you tell- that I wanted to play Tyler Glass now. Because on FanDuel, I only get one pitcher. But, man, the, the Rays are 250, minus 255. I mean, every, 42% of people are going to play Glass now tonight. Yeah, if you're looking at that, then, yeah, I think uh, Strasburg's a, a pivot. I still think, I wonder what his ownership will be tonight. Um, Do you think I have to fade Glass now, or is that stupid? It's not stupid, but if you are worried about ownership, I think he's going to be the highest owned on the slate. He's just been dominant. Uh, people are talking about him. It's the Orioles. But, you know, there's always the chance that he loses command of the strike zone. That was the biggest concern for him coming into the year. He only has three walks on the season. Um I mean, it's a great matchup. It's hard to look well, against it, but Strasburg is I think ten thousand nine hundred. Glasnow is ten thousand six hundred. Oh wow, really? Mm. Nope. I don't think people are going to play for pay for Strasburg. He may be lower than you think at ten thousand nine hundred. 
And I think he's a good play. He's gone against the Mets twice and I think the Phillies. So those are, you know, two two good offenses. Uh, and his underlying numbers are still very good. Uh, he's not allowing hard contact. He's getting a lot of ground balls. I think he's just been a little unfortunate so far. So, yeah, I actually do like him tonight. I mean, it's the Giants, man. I just can't see – I can't see the Giants doing much against them. You know, this could be a, a seven-inning, ten-strikeout performance for Strasburg tonight. All right, I have more games to get to. All right, Cubs against Miami, Quintana against Pablo Lopez. I don't want to touch this one. Uh, I think Quintana is interesting because the Marlins are, are really bad right now. So, uh, And he's coming off a start where he had 11 strikeouts, and it's a pitcher's park. So I think Quintana's in play tonight. I think you can use him. Let's see how much he costs. Can Tana, can we cost? Ooh, 7900 That's not bad, actually. All right, let's take a look at the next game. Arizona against Atlanta. Robbie Ray against Max Freed. Max Freed has been sensational. I just don't think I can trust him tonight. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think this is a, a, a game where I'm going to use uh, either pitcher. All right, I got a guy for you, Adam. I know this sounds crazy. Toronto against Minnesota. Aron Sanchez against Kyle Gibson. What if I told you I might go with the craziest thing ever and use Kyle Gibson? Oh, it's not crazy. I think you'll get him low owner owned. Uh, $6,600, dude. He has not been good so far at all, but the Blue Jays are just not a good lineup. And, you know, a lot of their potent bats are right-handed, which Gibson is. So uh, it's not crazy, especially in a tournament because uh, there's so many. To me, there's a lot of good options tonight. You know, with Glass now and Strasburg, I think you might actually see people go sail thinking, all right, he turns it around, look at the Yankees lineup. Musgrove, I think people might go Boyd. I think Bieber. So uh, I think the ownership on pitching is going to be spread out tonight outside of maybe a, a Glass now and maybe a Strasburg. I, I just think there's a, a lot of ways to go tonight uh, for pitcher. All right, let's continue the discussion here. St. Louis against Milwaukee, Flaherty against Woodruff. I'm not going to use Woodruff. Would you stack against Jackie Flaherty? Uh, I don't think I would. I know Milwaukee's been on fire and Yelich kills the Cardinals. Uh, but Flaherty can be dominant, so I would not stack against them. All right. Angels against the, the Rangers. Jaime Berea against Mike Miner. I'm not using any of these pitchers for sure. Would you use any of these stacks? Yeah, I think the Rangers are definitely in play. They have the highest implied total on the slate. Uh, the Angels have had to go deep into their bullpen. Uh, so they're definitely in play. And uh, I think the Angels, too, uh, with some of the right-handed bats. I know. Did you, you stack them yesterday? I mean, they had, I did, I did. they had a good game, but no one really had huge numbers. I mean, My problem was I had the Brewer stack with the wrong other stack. Okay, yeah. I, I had Yelich. I did. I had Yelich. But I, and I had bad pitching. You can't win with bad pitching, Adam. You can't. Yeah, especially it's a big difference. Who were, who were the pitchers? Who did I have yesterday? Who was pitching yesterday? I don't even remember. Bauer was was very good. Oh, I had Luce, I had Lucchese, I had Kikuchi. I, I I don't know. I was I was off. I was off. Can't win if you don't have, if you don't get a win, you're not winning. Lucchese, yeah. I mean, Sensatella was better than Lucchese. Yeah, and I don't think he was in play as a start first right. start of the year. All right, Kansas City against the White Sox. Lopez versus Lopez, the battle of the brothers. Jorge against Ronaldo. Would you stack Royals tonight? Uh, I think you can. I think they actually are pretty good. Uh, you know, especially Mondesi, Merrifield. Uh, they might get ownership, though. Well, I don't know. Maybe they might. But, yeah, Ronaldo Lopez is not good. I am glad I stayed away from him in leagues. 
Yeah, he's terrible. All right, Colorado against San Diego. John Gray against Nick Marshavicious. Yeah, he's off to a good start. He only throws 88-89. Uh, Rocky's starting to show some life and, and come alive. I think some people might look at John Gray here. Uh, I think he's more of a tournament play. It is on the road. Uh, it does have a good matchup, but uh, I think I'd probably go elsewhere for my pitcher, though. All right, Colin McHugh against Marco Estrada. I like McHugh, but I don't trust. I don't like going against the A's. They're they're very uh, risky. They can they can be bad, but they can be very good. Yeah, they can. I do think McHugh's in play. I don't think he's the, a, a terrible play tonight. I mean, he's you talk about getting a win. He should. They're going against Marco Estrada, man, and Estrada's a fly ball pitcher. So I, I think the Astros will, will have success against Estrada. But what you're what you're saying does make sense because the A's are not an easy lineup to go against. Uh, but I do think McHugh's in play as a GPP. His slider's been ridiculous so far, and he's using it a lot. Now, I want to stack the Astros, but I don't like stacking teams in Oakland. Because of the foul ground? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Teams just don't hit very well in Oakland. Mm. If this game was in Houston, for, for sure I'm stacking it. Houston's not a hitter's park, though, either. People is think Oakland? it is. Is Oakland? Uh, no, because of the spacious foul ground but uh, you can get your power there uh I, I it is a park downgrade but Estrada is just so so many fly balls and home runs so uh, i do think the astros are, are are okay as a stack tonight all right cincinnati against the dodgers tyler molly against kenta maeda molly was absolutely unstoppable last time but i worry about maeda because he never goes more than six innings uh i, I like maeda tonight i think uh, he's had a, a tough schedule to start he's at home he gets a Reds lineup that's not very good. So I do like Maeda tonight. I think he bounces back uh, and has a good performance tonight. And then here, a guy I like, Shane Bieber, I do like him. But Seattle's been very good offensively. And I, and I don't know. I don't trust. I, I want to use him, but I don't think I will. I think he's in play. I mean, I think people were worried about Bauer yesterday against Seattle, and he was fine. So, yes, the Seattle lineup's been very good so far. Uh but I do think Bieber's in play. I mean, he's been tremendous so far. Uh, again, I think there's a lot of options to go to tonight. I don't know how high his ownership will be. I think people might shy away from him because of Seattle, but I think he's in play. All right, so give me, if you could only use one starter, gun to your head, who are you using? Uh, I'm going to go... <sighs> I kind of lean... Glass now. I know, right? I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which is which I is know. not good. No, I think I I need to feed him. <laughs> I, I didn't want you to say that because I mean, at two fifty five, everybody's going to be on him. Six hundred teams are going to be on him. Well, here's the. I, you're right. I, I guess. And the other way to look at it is okay, fine. Hopefully, the chalk works, and I will differentiate myself with my bats. That's sometimes how you have to look at it if you have that strong feeling. And again. Everything points to him having a good outing. Doesn't mean he will. We've kind of been in this spot before. So it sounds like you don't want to roll with him. So I give me look- back. Give me number two. Give me number two. Who's the number two? Strasburg. I think so too. Can I go Musgrove three? Yes. I think so. Yeah. You, I mean, you feel the, good about that? Yeah. I mean, this Tigers lineup is just not that good. Now they do get Castellanos and Goodrum back today. But after that, man. I mean, Christian Stewart, Candelario, Gordon Beckham, Grayson Griner, Jacoby it's Jones. Terrible, I terrible. mean, and he's looked really good so far. Now, I guess the issue for him, though, is also his offense is not great. 
and their offense is going against Matt Boyd, who's been really good. So that would be the concern. This could be like a 1-1 game going in the six, and he leaves and gets a no decision. That would be the one thing that is a little bit of a negative for Musgrove. I'm just going to say this about Strasburg. I remember Tommy G years ago when we did football together. He always played Adrian Peterson every week when Adrian Peterson was like the most expensive running back on the board. And his comment to me was, Doc, always fade up which is like people look at Glass now, right? And they want to save money and go with Bieber. How many people want to pay more than Glass now and get Strasburg? And that's why you get Strasburg at like 13% owned when Glass now is like 38% owned. It's an excellent point. And that's where the game theory comes into play. And obviously Tommy G is very good at that because he's a tournament player. And it's absolutely the case because people are going to say, wait a second, I can spend... Two, three hundred dollars less and get Glasnow over Strasburg? Definitely, for sure, because they're looking at the numbers so far where Glasnow has been dominant and they're sitting looking at Strasburg in an area of 5.40. But Strasburg has not been that bad. Uh, underlying numbers are still good. The strikeouts there, the walks are a little high, but we're talking three games. And again, two against the Mets and the Phillies. Those are two of the better offenses right now. And he gets a big, big downgrading offense going against the Giants. I mean, this is just not a good team. So, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I think the ownership should be definitely – it's a definitely going to be lower. Mike, I'm, I'm not sure. What do you think it'll be tonight? 10, 12 percent or I higher? I say t- 10 to 14 percent because people are going to pay for Glasnow or Bieber. They're not going to pay for, for Strasburg. You're not – when Glasnow is 300 cheaper, why would you pay more for Strasburg? Especially against the Orioles. And Dylan Bundu let up four home runs last time. Yeah, I think Strasburg's definitely in play tonight. And uh, I think a lot of people who don't dig deep and you use the game theory are just going to automatically cross them off. Uh, and it's just, it's a great, it's a great matchup here. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, struck out 12 in seven innings. I would not be at all. I mean, it's kind of shaping up for that type of performance for him tonight. If I had multiple lineups in this tournament, Ronas, I would throw a Gibson or a Pavetta lineup in there because I could get a lot of bats. For 6,600, man, I can, I can load up tonight. You can, but isn't, aren't there really good prices on Fandle anyway compared to DraftKings? Yeah, DraftKings, you can't find, you can't squirt a quarter out of your butt. But Fandle, you could always find a $2,000 hitter. Yeah, wasn't Santana the cheap guy last yep. night? For yep. Texas? Yeah. What was it? What was he on FanDuel? Because I didn't play on 2000. 2000. Oh, my goodness. Hitting second. Yeah. yeah. You could always find – FanDuel is always good to find that one guy who's 2000. And once you find one or two guys, and then you get a guy that like 2800, like he's 2800. Same guy in DraftKings is like 4900. Yeah, weren't them – even well, on DraftKings, I know some of the Mets are cheap. You know, Cano was like 35. Were they cheap on Alonzo was 40. It was almost 5000. Well, he's the one guy because everyone's talking about him, so they're going to price him up. I know, I know. I have to, I have to go through it. The problem is, I just have the the one, you know, the, the one, the one bullet, Rona. So it's not like I have seven lineups in there, right? Uh, which you know, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, you know, the, your competition only has one too. So if you can find, you know, a couple plays that are low on that go off, then you know, put you in a spot to have a shot. All right, if Strasburg lets up five runs in the third inning, you're going to get an angry text tonight. I didn't, set, I didn't click set lineup. <laughs> I didn't click submit. That's all you. You just were directing me. I know. I'm you just at the asked end of the me day. my opinion. And, no, you know, and, and you could it, say, you said glass down. It could, ch- you, it could change could later in the day because when we were having a discussion yesterday, I kind of was like, eh, I'm Bauer. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, I'm playing Bauer, man. Like, on DraftKings, he was 10 Text me then. Text me. All right. 
But Seriously, I'm, playing, I'm doing I'm doing the tout daily contest on DraftKings tonight. I okay, but if whoever you whoever you're gonna pitch, I'll pitch. Okay, I'll let you know. All right. All right. Nah, don't, why are you relying that. on me? You you do, you're fine on this on your own. Why do you need me? <laughs> this is where I can blame you, Adam. Come on, you have no, to you get. Come on, you always need to hold someone accountable. Is this what you do at home too? Blame yes, of course. of course, of oh, course. <laughs> That's how I stay happily married. All right, who's coming up in hour number two, Adam? I'm going to bring in Mike Florio from Fantrax to uh, talk some baseball with him. Okay, he's pretty good at baseball. Yeah, he's okay. Nah, he's, he's not bad. He's uh, one of the young guys over there that kind of helped mentor a little bit and uh, glad to see him uh, go out to the West Coast and uh, get a job at the NFL Network. How's Dougie Anderson doing there? He, have you spoken to him in a while? I had him on right at, like during, uh, I think, last month. For, he was in the Tout Wars draft and holding, so I had him on the show to talk about his draft. He knows a lot about baseball. Yes, he's a big baseball guy. He is. All right, guys, this is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. I'm back with you tomorrow, all right? Keep it right here for another hour of Scout Fantasy Sports with Adam Ronas, and we'll talk more baseball in hour number two when we're back right after this.